Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. So, welcome to 2023. Uh, Is anybody over the last little bit just, you know, the 2020s have happened, and it's just crazy to think that we say 2020 something. Like, I, I'm a, I was born in the 70s, you know, the 90s are kind of my, you know, that was my high school, so that's kind of like the 90s, but the 90s are so far away. <laughs> and it's in the 2023 now, and I was just driving around the other day and was just thinking, like, this is weird. I mean, like, Back to the Future's already come and gone, their dates, um, 1984, you know, thankfully it's not, you know quite there yet, but Big Brother is around uh, and listening. Um, But it's crazy to think where we thought we would be during this season. Um, January is a time that we do every year, whether this is your first January with Reach or this is your 10th or 11th January with Reach, uh, we do the first 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to explain that, so don't be like, oh man, I, I, I am not giving up food for 21 days. We'll talk about it. So don't don't panic or don't already in your brain saying, I'm not doing that, because I think there's some blessings that can come for that. Uh, but I want to prepare us with this. So the key to change, uh, a few things, is to make Room for Jesus. That's kind of what the fasting is about. It is you saying no to a few things in your life. You set those aside for 21 days so that you can make room for Jesus. That you can make room to, um, in our opinion, we exist um, to connect to the Father. And that connection really is all that matters. Everything else is a distraction. Everything else is pulling us away from what we were designed to be. And this does not mean that you should not connect and hide out and only do, um, you know, like only read the Bible. This means that our life should be directed and um, in a pursuit of a loving God. So with that, we're starting today a series that I've called Follow uh, the Art of Discipleship because... Um, Jesus did not come, live a sinless life, willingly went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can identify as Christians. And that, that's, identity is a big thing that lots of people are talking about, but that's not why he did that. So that when we're filling out forms and it asks about our religious per- persuasion, we could put Christian. Jesus went to the cross willingly so that we could have a relationship with the Father. That relationship begins with an invitation to follow. And this is what this series is about. I, I, and I say this a lot. And so if you've been coming to Reach for a lot, this isn't like new stuff for you. But Jesus didn't come just so that we could have heaven. He came so that we could have a relationship with him and we could transform our world now. And that we could also invite other people into that world. And the truth is, is everyone is following something. 
even if you don't even know what that is. You're like, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not really following Jesus, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just living my life. Well, you living your life is following something. There's something that you have witnessed, experienced, or read that you're directing your life towards. And I don't want us to just get caught up into it being 2043, 20 years from now, and go, man, I wish I would have got serious in the 20s. <laughs> Uh, you know, we think about that, or I think about that, man, you know, when my life kind of started getting in order, everybody thinks, man, if I would have started five years or ten years earlier, let's take advantage of this season where you naturally, at least in our country, we think we should do things different. January is just that season, you know, people may have asked you, what's your New Year's resolutions, which most people keep those for about three to five days, um, I don't want us to just do that, but our brain is going, we should do something. And so what I want to do with you guys is invite you um, for the next few weeks to kind of be intentional with your relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Jimmy, Father, it is by your grace and mercy that right now we even have the capacity to know you, to trust you, to believe in you, and to choose to follow you. Lord, you have things, intentions for us uh, that we'll never experience without submitting and surrendering to your Lordship. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would convict us enough to say we want more of you. Convict us enough to, to challenge the things that we are following to go, God, is this where you want me to go? And, Lord, I pray that today that you would... Uh, let us understand, understand first and foremost um, that you have called your disciples to follow. And so if we are your disciples, we need to be looking to you and following you. So Lord, give us faith to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, some of you may have heard of him. He wrote several books, uh, lots of them from a concentration camp. He was um, a Christian that didn't believe in what Hitler was doing and spoke against it and was arrested and put in prison and was eventually uh, murdered for that stance. But he, he wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And in it, he says the call to, that establishes the way of discipleship is a call to follow a person, Jesus. It is not a call to follow some abstract theology or doctrinal statement. Christianity without a living Christ is inevitably Christianity without discipleship. And Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. There is no other. If you're not actively following Jesus, you've missed something. And, and that doesn't mean you're not on the train. That just means that right now you're not participating. And God's called us to participate in our following. The Greek word that translates disciple means learner. A disciple is a learner from the Lord Jesus. A learner is a listener and a practitioner, and that is what you are being called to be. You know, the word Christian wasn't even used in the gospel while Jesus was alive, and it was actually not used until much later, and it was used kind of as a derogatory, like, oh, these are Christians, these are little Christ. Uh, in the gospels, 
that you may be reading if you're doing the one-year Bible, which we're going to talk about that. Uh, I actually have some on the table. If you want one, they're free. You can have them. There's not a ton of them right now. If we need more, I'll purchase more. Um, but if you're reading the one-year Bible, you, you've seen it already. Like Jesus isn't going, hey, I'm looking for Christians. He just walks around and invites people to follow, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, John 10 this is another thing I've talked about towards the end of last year, and I've, I've reoriented these words, um, know, hear, and obey, uh, which is a, a, a mantra that you'll hear a lot over the next four to five weeks. Um, but it comes from John 10, verse 27, uh, and then I'm going to read through 30. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The key to understanding why we should follow is understanding who Jesus is. And this statement in verse 30 is very critical. Jesus wasn't just like one of us that did a really good job um, and God was, you know, like, hey, I'm proud of you. Jesus was literally the son of God. Literally, he and the father are one. So Jesus is asking us not just to follow a person. Jesus is asking us to follow the father. He says to Philip later on, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Because that's what they wanted. They're like, just show us the father and we'll follow him. If you just if you just point him out, we're there. And Jesus tells them, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've heard me, you've heard the father. And Jesus demonstrated his ability to follow um, by saying to his disciples, I only do what I hear the father saying to do. And I only say what I hear the father telling me to say. Jesus was, if we want to look at someone that followed correctly, Jesus is that. That's what we're looking at. When you're reading uh, Matthew right now, when you're going through the Sermon on the Mount, when he's saying these things, Jesus is doing them perfectly. Which, let me just tell us in the room, no one here, including the person with the microphone up front, has figured it all out and is doing everything perfectly. We are all invited on a journey to trust Jesus with our life every single day. So there's no better um, way to start talking about this idea to follow than to look at two different examples, one in Matthew 4 and one in Matthew 9, where Jesus calls some of his disciples. And talk about the reality of what it looked like to literally be called out of your life and out of your world to follow Jesus. And remember, our understanding is limited is of Jesus is so much greater than the disciples that were being invited to follow. They, we know the end of the story. We've read things, even if you're not too familiar with Christianity, you probably know more about Jesus and his lordship and what his life than these disciples did, because this was the very beginning of his ministry. It wasn't like, hey, I'm 10 years in and I'm inviting you in. They were taking a risk and a gamble. They did. We don't. We see. We know what Jesus has done. And so we're going to pick this up in Matthew 
Start Matthew 4, starting in verse 18. It says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting the net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And we've seen this on billboards. You may have crocheted at your house and you may have a sign. I'm going to make you fishers of men. But like this is weird. Okay, let's just admit it. When someone comes up to you in your business and says, I'm going to create you to fish men. Okay, they're like, uh. Like, we take it for granted that this is a term that Christians use. This was not a term that anyone was using. No one walked up to other fishermen and is like, hey, I'm going to train you. We're going to catch dudes. We're going to go out and we're going to get them. No, not at all. Notice what didn't happen. Jesus did not give them all the details of what he what this means. And they didn't ask. Jesus didn't lay out the plan of, this is my plan for eternal salvation. This is what the Father has called me to do. Now, they probably, at this point, have heard some of the teachings of Jesus. I I don't believe that this was he was just an unknown person that walked up to their fishermen. I think they had some understanding. They'd probably heard him speak somewhere, and, and people were talking about Jesus But Jesus didn't lay out his 10-point plan of where he was going to do and what the next three years are going to mean and and all of this. He just said, come and follow. And let me just tell you, every single person in this room that's decided to trust Jesus with your life, follow him, is literally taking an invitation and signing on to a blank covenant. I don't want to use contract because it's not a contract that we can get out of. And that that covenant is like, hey, I'm inviting you into the unknown and I'm not going to explain everything to you. But I'm asking you just to trust me and follow because I have your best interest in mind, which is hard. To, to say that everybody in here, including me, would be like, absolutely, never doubt, trust everything that happens in my world, in my life, even the chaos to go, this is the Lord and he is good. But this is what he's calling them to, and he's been doing it from the beginning. And just to think that you won't be like, well, man, this was kind of a new thing for disciples, for those that are reading the one your Bible and you're reading of Abraham. <laughs> Man, he just comes to the dude and say, hey, I want you to go. Okay. And then later on, he tells them other things like, I know, you know, not to get into circumcision, but he comes and he invites them into doing this brand new thing. This was always the unknown. This is the God, the father has always invited people into his life and say, I just want you to follow and trust me. And there's going to be things that I'm going to ask of you that you're not necessarily going to understand, but I need you to trust me. And this is why it's important, and this is why we're talking about this today, this know, hear, and follow, is that you cannot follow somebody you don't know. And you will never hear someone that you're not listening for. And you'll never get to the point of obeying if you don't know them and hear. So verse 20. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. I highlighted that word. Immediately. Jesus came up, and this was a family 
business. They were working with their dad. He's getting ready to call two more fishermen. They were also working with their father. And this was a big deal. Now, to, to talk about this culturally, Jesus in this day and age was a rabbi. And to be called to be a disciple of a rabbi was a huge honor. I mean, parents, it, it, some of us were thinking like, oh, man, I've just lost two of my workers. They probably, the dads, were probably like, Oh my gosh, like this is this is a big deal. He was probably very encouraging of this, maybe not later on when things aren't going so well and things are falling apart. But immediately they followed them. Verse 21, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother, John, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. So they're literally in the boat with their father, mending the nets. And he called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They just were willing to give up their future. Because Jesus changed their future. Not that they never fished again. But this was not their. This would have been their identity. This would have been everything they were known as. If Jesus didn't intervene. And their life was not the same. Peter leads a ministry after failing tremendously. And they still follow even after Jesus left. And and I, I think sometimes when we're talking about following, I think some of us, I included at times, would be like, man, it would be so much easier if just Jesus was in the room and I could look to him and he says, hey, go there and I go there. And he says, don't do that, and I don't do that, or do this, and I do that. We, we think that. Like, man, if, if I was the disciples, how amazing would that be? But if you read a little bit further into John, John, it, it, Jesus actually says, it is your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't leave, the, 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 the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit won't come. So Jesus says that it is better for us, because we may think well, it would be easy to follow if Jesus came up to me at work and said, hey, come and follow me. Well, maybe not. You probably, if someone came to your work tomorrow and be like, hey, I'm Jesus, don't follow him, okay? But I'm just saying, um, if someone comes up to you at work tomorrow and be like, hey, I want you to come and follow me, you'd probably be like, nah, that's all right. The reality is, is that Jesus is still calling people to follow, and we still have the ability to get to know him, to learn to hear his voice, and to follow a couple chapters later, um, we find Matthew, um, chapter 9, starting in verse 9. It says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, come. He said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Okay. Um, if you're unfamiliar, Israel at the time was under occupation by Rome. Rome owned Israel. It was their land. Um, they were the rule, the reign, the authority. And so like any governing authority, just like we have, um, uh, they tax their people. And so Rome was taxing Israel. And if you're le- read, you've been reading in the Old Testament, you know, there is a high belief that God gave them that land forever. And here they are now occupied. Some other ruling party is there saying, no, we own you. You pay taxes for us. So um, what Rome would do 
is they would hire people, locals, to be tax collectors. And the tax collectors would be, um, that's how they made their money. And part of the way they made their money is they charged you more. So if you owed Rome $50, they would say, hey, you owe Rome $65. Pay us the $65. Um, And they were hated because they worked for the enemy. They weren't, um, if you've seen the chosen, um, I think it probably gives you a pretty good representation of how they're treated. And they probably had no connection to their family if they're family was connected to the synagogue um, and to God, they probably had no dealings with the tax collector. So no one in all of this area would come and ask this person. There was no other religious leaders, no other rabbis out looking for tax collectors to come to join their group. Actually, a tax collector joining your group would probably dissolve the group, which we'll see in just a second. Verse 10. So then Jesus reclined at the table in the house. Behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with them and with Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus asked Matthew to follow. Matthew leaves his tax booth, invites all of his friends over, and they have a dinner with Jesus there. And what we're going to read here uh, sounds a little weird because if I have a dinner party at my house and people are outside my window looking in or just come into the house and watch our dinner party, it'd be odd, right? But here, most dinners were had in an open air area and it was kind of socially acceptable for people to observe what's going on. You may not get dinner, but you could kind of hang and listen to what's going on. So the Pharisees were there watching and listening. Many of them were there watching and listening because they wanted to discredit Jesus, which is what they're getting ready to do here. Verse 11, it says, and when many of the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, so, you know, Matthew, I'm not Matthew yet, because I mean, he is a disciple, but Peter, Andrew, James, John, the other disciples, uh, they don't come to Jesus. They don't say anything, but they whisper in the ears of his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Because the understanding is that a good, holy, religious leader would have nothing to do with sinners. Sadly, that's kind of the view of a lot of church today. That we don't want to have anything to do with those dirty, rotten sinners. When the reality is, is we were or are dirty, rotten sinners. No one in this room came here clean. Came in here, you know, came into their relationship with Jesus um, with anything to hold to your advantage. Verse 12, it says, but when he heard it, he said, talking about Jesus, says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. That's what Jesus was about. And hopefully um, that's what we're going to be about. Is that we call people into relationship with Jesus that are in need of Jesus. And I think that becomes part of our issue is sometimes we we forget that. We forget that behind every 
political affiliation or ideology, there's a person who desperately needs Jesus. And sometimes we only see the things that we don't like about them instead of seeing that there is an opportunity for Christ to get in there. I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful that God was willing and interested in pursuing sinners. Because I wouldn't be in this room if he wasn't. That's the beauty of our Jesus. So what do we do with this idea of follow? What what am I asking of you over the next 21 days? I'm asking for you to give Jesus an opportunity to lead you somewhere. I know that I'm standing in this room because there was periods of my life that I willingly surrendered to Jesus. So I was talking to my wife the other day. We were driving back over the bridge, and the sun was setting, um, going back into Leland. And this is kind of a beautiful area. And I was just, at, you know, we were talking, and I was like, man, it, do you ever feel like it's weird that, like, we live here? Because if you would have asked me 15 years ago, like, hey, do you want to live in uh, Leland or Wilmington? I would say absolutely not. Not because it's not beautiful. And I hope this is not a shocker to you, but like I'm not a beach man. Sun, sand, sunburn. mm -mm. No. Like, I, you know, give me an umbrella and I'll go out there and sit for a little bit. But it's just not... It's not like I wasn't like a lot of people we're going to plant here. They're like, yeah, we know why you want. No. And I was just thinking 15 years ago, I was a youth pastor in a church that I loved and I loved youth ministry. I got saved when I was 18 through a parachurch organization called Young Life that reached me when the church had missed me. And I said yes to Jesus because of their interest in spending time with me. And and for nine years, that's what I did. I did youth ministry because that's what I wanted. I wanted to reach the other Heath um, and just love on them through their stupidity. I don't I don't know about you, but like I think sometimes we think like we would do it different in high school. Now that we're adults, we didn't do it different in high school. We were idiots. Some of us are still idiots. Just, you know, no elbowing each other. (laughs) Yeah. But the truth is, if we're going to be willing to surrender our life, we've got to know what we're surrendering to. And the, the best way for you to get to know God is to read his word. If your view of Jesus is only what you hear from me for 30 to 45 minutes on Sunday morning, you're in trouble. Because the I don't know how many, somebody, a better mathematician than me that can take the, the 51 times that we communicate here on Sunday. And let's just say that's an hour apiece, which I don't preach for an hour. Um, 51 hours a year. It's not enough. And so what we would like you to do is to be interested in seeing what it would look like to follow Jesus. Lots of you are already picking up new habits and you're thinking, well, this is what I'm going to do. Some of you have written out goals and they're great. And I, I 
I pray that you accomplish them. But whether your weight changes this year or whether you, you know, break some other bad habits, those things don't get you into heaven. (laughs) So if you're super fit at the end of this year and you've missed Jesus, you've really missed what's important. And you know me, I mean, like I I get up early in the morning and I I like fitness. I think it should be a part of our lives. But at the end of the day, F3 and 75 hard and other little programs are not going to save my life. Jesus is. And so we have to be willing to spend some time following Jesus. And that's all they did. They didn't know what was going to happen. They just woke up in the morning, spent some time with Jesus. Jesus would speak. They would listen. And I I loved it. I loved it. They didn't just blankly. Now, sometimes they did. They were the ones sitting, watching Jesus say all the good things. Like, man, preach it, brother. They're the ones in here room right now going, yes, mm, amen. But then you walk out of the room and they're like, hey, Jesus, like, for real, what did you mean by this? Like you're, we have net, head nodders. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. Yes, yes, obeying, yes. And then they get Jesus alone, be like, Jesus, what were you talking about? Because I missed it. And and that's what it, that's what our relationship with Jesus is about. Is that we read some of these hard things and we go, God, hey, what do you, what do you want with this? I mean, if you've been reading in Matthew over the last five or six days, if you get into the Sermon on the Mount, like there's so much stuff in there that you're like, oh, oh, okay, 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 like what do I do? And it's real easy for us to just listen. See, what I'm not asking you for 21 days is just read. I want you to read. I want you to get in the word because that is the one place that you're going to hear truth. But I want you to begin to listen so that you can obey. See, Jesus isn't calling you to be perfect with this. And and I encourage you, as much as I'm going to ask you to commit to some things at the end of our service, I want you to give yourself grace. Because if if you miss a day of reading your one-year Bible... So what? Because I'm going to tell you, the old me, like I, I start things and if I miss a day, then I feel guilty about the day that I miss. So then I miss the next day and then I feel guilty of the two days. And it's a, it's a, it's a spiral. I promise you the day after you miss reading your Bible, Jesus isn't sitting there going, where were you at yesterday? I can't believe you show your face here again. I think Jesus is like... Welcome back. Because this is where life is. And and our encouragement to you over the next 21 days, for one, is to make a decision of what that looks like. So let me talk about prayer and fasting a little bit. I've got some prayer and fasting sheets that are on the table on the way out uh, and a prayer guide on the backside if you want that. Um, There's so many types of prayer and fasting. Uh, there, some people do the Daniel fast, some people do days of fasting, some people do uh, a meal a day, some people do a day a week. The point is not necessarily specifically what we do, but what you, that you intentionally do some things to make room for Jesus. I encourage almost every year, and, and something that I, I'm intending to do uh, on mine is, and I know I talk about social media all the time, 
if you do nothing else, just get off social media for 21 days. Some of you are like, never. How I know when the traffic's real bad? <laughs> I do miss that. So I just text my wife and I'm like, hey, is there something going on on this road? Because I'm stopped. Um, but I also encourage you to be intentional. Like one thing that for the next 21 days, I, I'm not going to watch any TV by myself. And you're like, is that a big deal? I, I'll tell you, the last month I've watched, and I told you all at the beginning of last year, you can tell how well I'm doing by how much TV I'm watching. I watch a lot of TV in December. <clears throat> but for the next 21 days, I'm not going to watch any TV by myself, meaning I'm not going to sit around and waste time watching TV. And the intention is that if I'm not doing that, I can do other things. Uh, and this doesn't mean just Jesus things. This means I can spend more time with my family because, like, when I get watching something, tunnel vision. I'm like, man, the resolution of this TV show is more important than anything else, and it's not. So my ask for you for 21 days is decide, like, what you're going to do. Like, I have a food component of, in mind that I'm going to do. So my plan is I'm going to do intermittent fasting. Um, so I won't eat after a certain time at night and I won't eat until like 11 o'clock the next day. So I'll have one meal that I'm not going to have. Um, I'm also eliminating some other things that are just annoying for me not to be able to eat like sweets. Anybody? I love sweets. I mean, it is, it is a, like, I'll be thinking about Jesus when I'm not eating that sweet and be like, Hmm. Um, another thing I'm not going to do for the 21 days, I'm not going to eat anything fried. Um, you know, it's just a health thing, but it also makes me think about what I'm going to eat. Um, and I'm going to have a list of things that I'm praying for. I have a, um, a little app that I have that has family prayer requests, church prayer requests, and I'm going to be intentional for the next 21 days of focusing my effort and intention, one in the word, two in isolating some of the time that I would be spending doing other things, praying, reading, listening worshiping and doing other things so that I can reset some of the craziness that came out of last year. And so my ask for you is that you would decide, what does that look like? So um, we talk about this a lot. Um, you can actually go, you got, if you didn't get an email from our church, we send out a newsletter about once a month, once every five or six weeks, um, with stuff that's going on. If you didn't get that, you know, find me at the end of service, and I'll get your email, and we'll put you on there so you'll get those. But there's a link, so if you don't want a paper copy, you can actually go on uh, the oneyearbible.com, I think it was, and you can click on, and it'll tell you every day what to read if you want to. Um, I have seven of these, this one here and six on the table. Uh, this is actually a hard copy of the book. So if you open up to today's date, it's going to have the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, Proverb in that day. Uh, there's seven of these. If you want one, grab it on your way out. If we run out and you still want one, let me know and I will order some more and have them here next week. Um, you can go on your app. There's a Bible app and you can look up the one year Bible, um, on there and, um, Follow it and read the one difficulty, not difficulty, if you join the one on your app, uh, it'll start you as today is day one. So you'll be, you know, eight days behind us. Um, but part of the year, and one of the reasons why we encourage people to read the one your Bible, one you get in the word, um, part of the year I preach out of what you read during the week. 
That's part of what I do here. Um, I like the idea that you're reading something and maybe something stirs in you and you're like, oh, here's a question or here's whatever. And, and potentially you're going to hear me preach about it on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot. These are ESV translations. Uh, if you're like, I like the idea of one year Bible and I want a hardback or I want a physical copy, but I don't want the ESV. I think pretty much every <laughs> translation you want, the NIV, NLT, um, New American Standard, um, they're copies of that. So you can purchase one of those. Those came from the great Amazon. You can get uh, one of your own. So um, <clears throat> along with fasting, I'm going to ask you to do four more things over the next three weeks. Um, one is, and I think this is important, um, confession and repentance. One of the reasons why we struggle to follow Jesus is because we do things that we know that we shouldn't and we don't confess and repent. And so that, that weight of, I did something wrong, I, I, you know, I feel leery of following him. So I'm just going to encourage you every day to just think about yesterday or think about the last couple of hours and be like, God, hey, this is where I was flawed. This is where I was wrong and confess and repent. Um, one, pick up a um, Bible and you don't have to. Maybe you're like, man, that's a lot of reading for me. Maybe reading daily is a, a new thing for you. Maybe you grab one of these and you just read the New Testament Psalm and proverb if you're not ready for all of it. Or you pick your own plan. To be here at Reach doesn't mean that you're going to read the one your Bible. We just want you to be in the Word. So we're trying to take some of that issue of, like, what do I do and make it simple by saying here's an option. Um, so have a reading plan. Have a prayer list. Um, if you're like me, there's lots of things that you can be praying for, and every time you decide to pray, you forget about what those things are. Um, so make a list and look at that list every day and pray over um, that. And if you want to add something to your list, at some point, uh, we would love a building. And like, just pray for it. At the end of this 21 days, we'll get a building, okay? That's how it works. I'm just kidding. But pre- please, pray. We, we do want a building. Um, <clears throat> um, so get a prayer list. Um, get a reading plan. And my last thing is to find a, pr- a partner. You know, I think one of the, when I'm successful at doing difficult things, it is always when there's a high level of accountability. It just is. So if you're like, yeah, I'm going to read the one in your Bible. Yeah, here's my prayer list. Yeah, I'm going to do this. But you don't tell anybody two days from now, you're going to be like, no one knows. I don't have to do it. But when you go to a friend of yours and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, and hopefully they'll say, well, this is my plan, and then you text each other every day or every other day going, how's it going? You think about, like, so-and-so is going to ask me if I've been praying over my list or how's my reading going. It encouraged me to do so. So I encourage you to find somebody. That could be if you're married. That could be your spouse um, or someone else. But I just encourage you, what you decide you're going to do, tell somebody. So. I'm going to invite our worship team back up here. And what I'd like to do during our song, and a reminder, at the end of our song, we're going to pray over the bullard, so um, don't run off after. But what I'd like for you to do while you're singing, um, you can sit, kneel, do whatever. Um, 
if you want more of Jesus this year, and you're looking at 2022 going, man, my following wasn't that great. Confess it. I just start out right now just saying, God, I'm not even sure how to follow you, but I want to. Just say, God, and if, if you blew it in ways that right now you're being reminded of, just lay those before Jesus. If Jesus would walk by a tax collector's booth and ask the tax collector to follow, there's no one in this room that he's not going to walk by and say, hey, son or daughter, I'd love for you to follow me. And so with that, if if maybe you're like, man, I, I don't I don't know that I've ever really followed Jesus. Maybe I've identified as a Christian, but I've never really put any effort into walking with him. Maybe today is just the day that you just say, Lord, I want to follow you. you know, hear, hear the voice of Jesus walking by you right now and saying, come and follow me. Because the difference between a follower and a non-follower is a follower follows. So let us be people that are interested in where Jesus is going and what he created you for. He put you on this planet for a purpose. And he has kingdom purpose written all over your life. And he's just inviting you in to follow. And you know what would happen? I don't know how many people we have in this room, maybe 115, 120 and I say this a lot. Um, if all of us decided that we're going after God, our city would be transformed. Jesus looked like a failure at the end of his ministry because the 11 guys that he had, because Judas has hung himself, the 11 guys that are left, they all ran off. You know what? Those 11 guys came back. Holy Spirit moved on them, was deposited, and they changed our world. Twelve. We have double, we have ten times that in this room. We could transform our city and our state if we were willing to follow. Let's pray. Dearly Father, it is by grace and mercy that we can even think that you would want us. And Lord, I just pray for those in this room right now that are just struggling with the reality of thinking that you would want nothing to do with them. Lord, you didn't come for the well. You didn't come for the righteous. You came for the sick. And Whatever our sickness is, whatever that thing is we feel that separates us from God, Lord, I pray that we would hear through the noise your voice saying, come and follow me. I want to change your life. Lord, we, we I, as the pastor of Reach, um, we dedicate the next 21 days. Lord, transform our lives so that we can transform our homes and our cities. Lord, we need you for that. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that, that those that decide to get in their word, Lord, I pray that your voice would whisper in their ear. 
pray the power of your Holy Spirit would be experienced. Lord, I pray that over the next 21 days that prayers would be answered. Lord, show us what it looks like when we trust you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.